0: Welcome to the Heme Consults podcast, a weekly inspiration infusion for women of color and hematology. Dear women of color in hematology, Heme Consults is your personal space to rest, recharge, and renew your spirit with a weekly infusion of inspiration from hematologist Dr. Toyasi Onwemina. Every Sunday, Dr. Unwemina will remind you that you are a superstar and have everything you need to succeed in your incredible career as a hematologist. Welcome to the Hematology Sisterhood that will transform your world. Hey everyone, welcome to the Heme Council's podcast. I'm your host, Jaycee Unwemena, and it is such a pleasure to be here today. Yes, I am a hematologist, physician, scientist, educator, entrepreneur, coach, and today I'm so excited to bring you this episode called Bring Your Own Tea. Yes, bring your own tea. I'm especially excited to bring you this episode because it comes from a recent experience that I had. And uh, before I start sharing that experience, I do want to I do want to tell you that the theme scripture for today is Genesis 26, verse 22. And I want to just encourage you, oh, woman of color in hematology, that everything you need, you already have or have access to. So either it's inside you, the deep wisdom that you need to draw on, or you know somebody who has access to somebody who has access to what you need. So I want you to take a look inside yourself or look around you and recognize that everything you need to thrive already exists. Everything you need is already present with you. And it's either you're going to make a connection to get access to it, or you're going to pull it out from within yourself. And I want you to recognize this because sometimes there's this sense of scarcity that we have. Like, OK, I don't have enough. I don't know who has it. Oh, my goodness, that mentor won't work with me. My life is over. But the reality is that you have access to everything that you need. And sometimes what you really need is clarity on what you need so that you can clarify that you have it or do the work that's needed to get access to it. But I do want to encourage you, a woman of color in hematology, that you have all that you need. You live in abundance and it doesn't matter what people are saying around you. They're like, there's not enough to go around. Everybody's trying to um, cheat each other out of something. Whatever the narrative is, don't buy into it. Don't just don't follow them. Recognize that you live in a space of abundance and you live in the space of abundance because you create that abundance. And if for whatever reason you don't feel like you live in a space of abundance, I'm inviting you to create the abundance. Because it exists. But only when you create it for yourself. And only when you acknowledge that it is there. All right, woman of color in hematology. I am ready to talk to you today about bringing your own tea. And I love this story. It is so fresh in my mind. It just happened this past week, actually. So I've been doing a career development workshop outside of my institution, which is what I have tended to do and what I fully, highly recommend. Your institution is great. They've got a lot of career development workshops. But the challenge is that your institution is your institution. And the things that you know at your institution and the culture of your institution tends to be Perpetuated in your institutional career development programs. And they're great. You should definitely take as many of them or all of them if you can. As many of them as you can or all of them if you can. But I want to encourage you as much as possible to look for these career development programs outside of your institution. I think they offer an extra level of, well, number one, you do get to engage with a community of people you don't personally know. But I think it also offers you an extra level of security, not feeling like anything you share will go back to circles or channels that you don't want them to go back to. Um, and then really an opportunity to be real and be honest because you know you just don't have anything to hide or there at, least, at least is not an agenda of the people who are surrounding you doing the same career development program. So anyway, suffice it to say that I do recommend investing in yourself. And I would say that if you ever in life had to think about what are the most important things you're investing in, I want to say that you as a person, you are the most important person to invest in. Please invest in yourself. And sometimes you'll get institutions telling you, well, you, it's not a program that we do or it's not a program we sanction. Therefore, we're not going to fund you. Don't wait for them to fund you. Please fund yourself. <laughs> <laughs> because you are worthy of the investment you're worthy of the investment and i think that the story that i, I hope i'm going to share is also relevant that, to that as well so i'm participating or, um in a career development program it's called sea change culture change and it's run by a wonderful woman called linda paloli and she's done a lot of work studying the culture of academic medicine and thinking about how do we how do we allow academics to thrive within academic medicine? What are, what is the secret sauce to help people do better? And it's a really great program. I won't tell you all the details of it. You definitely should check it out and apply. But there are 12 of us faculty who are participating this year from across the country. And it is, so we have quarterly meetings and we come for about two days at a time. It's a fully immersive program. We're literally just going, going, going all day. um, And it's for two days each time. So now we've kind of finished at the time I'm recording this. Anyway, we have finished the third session. So we've actually only known each other for six days. You know, we've met for six days, even though the program has been going on for a couple of months, but it's been really wonderful. And There's been such an opportunity to have community and we have some conversations with each other that we we don't have in our, you know, regular academic institutions because you really need safe spaces to have those kinds of conversations. For example, this past time we were together, we really did the difficult work of talking about bias and how it shows up in our academic institutions and how we can um, challenge some of the or at least how do we create safe spaces or others to inhabit, so it's great. It's a wonderful program. I recommend it, and um, it's it's been great. <laughs> so the story I want to tell is when we first started this program. So we started in January. We we're all brand new in January. We didn't have too many details about what this program would be like, but we met the very first morning, and we had breakfast together. And I think that was the time at which we had a sense of you know the breakfast we we had a. We have an inside joke over eggs that were not actually some of the eggs were cooked. Some of the eggs were not all the way cooked. So it was just it was just a great time. I think it's not about the eggs, but just that we had a great time. And, you know, I think one of the things I remember is that someone mentioned, oh, are these the teas you have? And I remember towards the end of that time together, we spent two days together that first time. The proprietor of the inn we stayed at was like, next time I'll have these different teas. It will be great. And the next time rolled around and, you know, there were some more teas, but at least for me, there were not the teas that I wanted. And but, you know, it didn't matter, actually, because I had been bringing along my own tea. And it's one of the things that I do. I I really like um, a certain kind of tea and I, I know I'll have access to it if I take it with me. So I started getting into the habit of taking the teas with me, but especially because there wasn't the tea that I liked in this particular space. Anyway, so third time rolls around. We just met for the third time. And one of the ladies in the program, her name is Mandy. Hey, Mandy. And Mandy offered me some tea. And she opened a box. It was clear. She opened like a, it was a pack. You know, it's a pack of tea, a box of tea. And she offered me some tea. She said, this is really great tea. You should have some. And I thought that was so funny because I was like, you brought your own tea. I brought my own tea. And then Mandy's like, well, this other person brought her own tea. And um, anyway, so it turns out that five or six of us as a total group of 12. But about five or six of us came to the meeting with our own tea bags. <laughs> it still makes me laugh. Just the idea that we all independently, without having conversations about it, brought our own teas to the program. And it was just hilarious. Like every time it was time for a break and someone was going towards the hot water, they would bring out their own tea and and literally like almost half of the program brought their own tea. And it was it was just awesome. It was pretty cool. Cause I thought to bring my own tea and wasn't thinking that other people were thinking to bring their own teas as well. All right, that's the story. It's the story of the teas. They brought their own teas. I brought mine as well. And what lessons do I want to share from that story? Well, I think the first thing I want to say is that different people want different things. And that's so important. I mean, it's kind of very, very obvious, right? Different people want different things. How insightful is that? But I think I want to just try to make it explicit to say different people want different things because different people like different things and different people have different interests. And when people are making decisions, let's use the example of tea, people are making decisions about what kind of tea gets served at the event. It depends on who, you know, has the decision in their hands, (laughs) but they are not going to be able to say, "Okay, what you know, let's 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 decide they're not going to know what everybody wants. They're not and you know you, you may say well that's why there's needed we need diversity in these committees we need diversity so that people can represent the diverse spectrum that exists and i and i agree i think that we do need to pursue diversity with a vengeance because it does mean that we're able to serve more people in the place where they really need serving but different people need different things and and that's so important for us to recognize as we are making decisions as we are um, choosing things for people, as we are creating conferences and creating programs and creating workshops. And I think it is important to pay attention to that. It's important to make sure that we have diverse perspectives at the table. It's important to make sure that we ask people, what would you like to see? And to make sure that our programming represents and reflects the people who will be served by the programming. And so, I think it's explicit, but I do think it's important to say because many times we feel like we're surrounded by people who are just like us. We like them, and the things we like about them mostly have to do with the things they have in common with us. And for that reason, there's the 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 challenge to go for sameness or the challenge to go for comfort. And You know, it's human nature, but just recognizing the need for diversity because different people want different things. Okay, that's number one. That, you know, just is interesting to me. (laughs) Lesson number two is that sometimes the default settings are just the default that someone else chose. That's it. Somebody looked at the list of T's and they were like, I like that one, that one, that one and that one. That's it. They decided what they liked. And because they like it, there might be the assumption that everybody else will like it too, and they chose it. Or perhaps what happened is in the very, very first cohort of scholars, maybe people voted and they said, these are the teas we want. Or maybe these teas are the most popular teas across the country, and a panel of experts have sat down and said, these are the teas most loved by Americans everywhere. Maybe. I don't know. But many times... It's default because somebody else decided it was default, not you, clearly not you. <laughs> and sometimes you're lucky. The default settings are the settings you like, not all the time. But I think it's important to note that they're default, not because they have to be the settings that everybody agrees on, but because somebody just made the choice. It was a convenient choice. It made sense to the people who needed that choice at the time. There's a whole bunch of reasons why the default settings came to be, but they're Not default settings because they are hard and fast and setting stone. They're default settings because they made sense to somebody else. And I just want to share that somebody else's choice doesn't have to be your choice. It doesn't have to be your choice. You don't have to accept the default settings anywhere. So I'm talking about T. But this is really about the greater challenge of academic life. And this thing where we're we're working towards sameness, well, that mentor succeeded in this way, therefore I'm going to structure my career the same way. Or this is the way things happen in our division, therefore I'm going to structure my career in this way. This is the way people do patient care. This is the way people live life in a way that is crazy. So I'm gonna just do what they do. And I just want to point out that you don't have to. The default settings are not necessarily default because they are hard and fast or they are the law. Default settings tend to be because somebody made a choice and no one's maybe questioned the choice since then. And what happens many times is that the players change. They're different people than first started when the decisions were made. But The default settings are not turned off. What you may find and what you often find is that people are struggling to flex to the default settings. And what's really needed is for one person to say, hey, this doesn't work for me. (laughs) And to do it differently. But often people are committed to what's set before them. And they were like, no, this is the way it has to be. Our way or the highway. And I'm just saying it doesn't have to be that way. The default settings don't have to be your settings. Okay number 3 <laughs> is that sometimes you just have to bring your own tea sometimes you just have to carry your own tea everywhere with you so one of the things i really really love about the story of us bringing our teas is that we independently without consultation without conversation decided that we were going to bring our own teas with us and you may you might say oh you don't want to try new things you know this was the third meeting i will tell you and at least for me, and I—I I think I can speak for some of the other faculty members who brought their own teas. It's not that we didn't try what was new. It's not that we didn't try what was available, but that we decided that, for us to thrive, for us to have the comfort we seek, we would get the thing that made that—that that was that most resonated with us. That you know, the tea that that we liked the most. That's what we decided, and we independently brought it. It's like we're only away for two days. But in those two days, we want to thrive. I love, I love this story. I love the way it worked out because the reality of life is that people don't always have what you need, but you need to thrive. Like your thriving is really not negotiable. I know in academic medicine, we get used to not thriving and being okay with it because everybody else is not thriving. So whatever, but we should thrive. And we shouldn't say, "Okay, I can stick this out for just two days of drinking tea that I don't like. We get to bring our own tea. We get to bring the things that make us comfortable around with us. We get to thrive whether other people agree that we should thrive or not. Yes, we could have a committee meeting and we could say, hey, everybody. Um. Let's have a meeting and discuss what kind of teas should be brought. We could have a great argument about it. We could vote. We could debate. And that's not the wrong way to do it. Maybe eventually we'll have so many more teas represented. It would be so awesome. No one will come and never have access to their own teas. But instead, we decided we would use our energies for other things. And we said it was simple enough for us to bring the things that give us comfort. We brought along our own tea. And I think sometimes you just have to bring your own tea. Sometimes you bring your own joy. Sometimes you bring your own happiness. Sometimes you bring your own wisdom. Sometimes you bring your own acceptance. Sometimes you don't ask the environment to accept you or to give you what you need. You go find it and you bring it along for yourself. And then there's no need to argue with the environment and saying, hey, are you supporting me? Do you care about me? Do you want me to win here? Whether the environment likes it or not. You bring what you want to thrive. Therefore, you thrive no matter what, whether the environment is agreeing or not. I really like that. I really resonate with that. And I think that the other faculty members who brought their own teas might as well. So, what are my calls to action? (laughs) Call number one is to figure out what you need to thrive. You need something that helps you do well, that helps you when, that helps you feel like you belong, that helps you feel comfortable. And I don't know what that is. I'm talking about tea here, but really thinking about the greater picture. What do you need to thrive in your environment? Do you need words of affirmation? Well, find the space where people will bring that to you and then carry those words with you everywhere. You know, one of the things that I do is I meditate on scripture. I find a scripture that says something that um, resonates with me that is positive and encouraging, and I listen to it like i 'll record it in my voice in many different versions and i'll listen to it over and over again and it's important to me because it just encourages me and it helps me just keep before me the things that are that that uplift me and encourage me because honestly I've been in many spaces where the first thing people are are apt to say is words of judgment or condemnation. I mean, it's just so frequent in academic medicine. I don't know where you, where your institution is, but but where I come from, there's a lot of judgment. And if you're not careful, you start to believe the people in what they say about you. And so I bring my words of affirmation with me everywhere I go. And when I hear words of judgment and words that are designed especially to tear me down, I don't receive them. I say, no, you keep your words. I brought mine. Thank you very much. And so, yes, figure out what you need to thrive because it will help you make sure that you have some on hand when the going gets tough. Do you need people to? come alongside you and agree with you that the project you're working on is important and significant and should move forward. Well, if your mentoring committee is not going to give you the encouragement that you need, who else can do it? Who else can do it? Figure out what you need to thrive and then figure out how to get it. And that's actually call to action number two. Ask for what you need. You know, people don't know what you need. And if we're, if we're going to give people the benefit of the doubt, we'll say they're not trying to hurt you. They just don't know what you need. And they're so engrossed in their own lives. They're not thinking, what does Triosi need? How can I help her feel better? I mean, it would be so awesome, right, if they were thinking about me. But many times they're not. And one of the things I can do is gift them the knowledge. I can say, hey, this is the tea I really, really like. Would you please add it to your list the next time you go shopping for this event? I could do that. Ask for what you need. And you know what? You don't have to ask it of your environment, but ask for it. So let's go back to the tea example. I could ask my environment to provide me with the tea. I could. Or I could ask Walmart to provide me with the tea. And I did. Or actually, it was really Amazon in this case. I said, Amazon, give me the tea I need. And Amazon sent it to me and I paid them some money. And hey, I had the tea. What I didn't do was say, I really like this tea, but I'll just take whatever tea they give me when I get there and I'll be okay. It's just two days. I said, no, I need this and I'm going to get it. And sometimes you ask your environment to give it to you or sometimes you just go get it from somewhere else. But you got to ask because it's important for you to have what you need to thrive. And number three. Is you know what? Bring along your own tea. Just bring it. I mean, it's great when the environment looks and says, hey, this is what you need. We have ordered it for you because you're so awesome and you're so special. It's so nice when that happens. And it can happen rarely, but it doesn't always happen. And more often than not, our institutions are like, well, I couldn't care less what you want. This is the default. Take it or leave it. That happens more often than not. And so, yeah, you could spend time arguing. Yeah, you could spend time begging. You could do a petition. You you could go around and, and, and finally make them give you what you need. You could absolutely do that. And while you're doing that, because it takes a long time to get to the end, to a successful ending, just bring along your own tea. Like don't wait to thrive. Don't wait until the environment gives you what you need to say, okay, I'll thrive now. Mm-mm. You thrive no matter what the environment tells you, no matter what your institution says, whatever resources they have available. You know, they're fond of saying there are no resources, we have no money. They're fond of doing that. Don't wait until all of a sudden money comes from nowhere and is able to fund your need. Don't wait. Yeah, fight for what you want, please do. But while you wait, Bring it for yourself. Make sure you have it alongside you so that you can be your best self while you're doing all that work. Bring your own tea along. Anything you need to thrive, bring it along with you. Don't depend on your environment to supply it for you, at least not right away. Because if your institution, if your environment knew that that's what you needed to thrive and if they really cared enough to to ask, you probably would already have it by now. But just because they don't give you what you need to thrive doesn't mean you don't thrive. But it does mean that you should figure out how to get it for yourself so that you can thrive in spite of your environment, in spite of your institution. Yeah, people will gather and they'll say, oh, the institution didn't provide this, therefore we are not. But don't let it depend on external factors. You gather all the things you need so that you can thrive. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's all I have to say about tea. But I love that story and I really just wanted to share it with you. And I want to say that if this episode was helpful to you, if you know another woman of color in hematology or someone who's not technically a woman of color in hematology who might benefit from Listening to this episode, please be sure to share it with them. And if you want to reach out to me, talk to me about how this podcast has been helpful to you, please send me a DM. I am on Facebook, I am on Instagram, as Coag Coach on Instagram. You can find me if you Google me, actually. It's pretty straightforward. That <laughs> it's been a pleasure talking with you today. And I just want to say, as I sign off, a woman of color in hematology, I wanna remind you that everything you have is already in you and around you. And you don't even have to go very far to find it. You're already connected. If it's not inside you, you're already connected to the person who will give you access to it. I want you to believe in the abundance that surrounds you. Yes, the narratives around us are narratives of scarcity, they are narratives of not enoughness. They are narratives of we're about to run out. Everything is going to hell in a handbasket. Don't buy into the lie. Don't buy into those stories. Believe the truth of abundance. Because as you believe it, then what you do is you create it. You begin to get creative about bringing the things that you say you need into your environment. And I invite you into that space. I invite you to do that. All right, women of color in hematology, have a wonderful week. And I look forward to seeing you again the next time.